So I've got another testimony for 2020. This one is from Charlie and, and, and Olivia Fowler. Are they here today? Yeah, you're in the back. You're in the dark. I see you, kind of. I heard that voice. I, I'm familiar with that voice, yes. So great testimony for 2020, and we've been sharing these because we believe that it's important that you know that God is doing good things in gates of the city, in our lives, in the people of this body. He's doing great things in the earth, throughout this, this whole earth. But you need to know that locally and in the house, God is advancing, prospering, healing, delivering, freeing His people like never before. How many believe that today? So this is, this is from Charlie and Olivia. This is in, from Charlie, but it's about he and Olivia and their family. 2020, what a year it's been, or that it was. It started with a great increase in our finances thanks to my wife's promotion at work, and that was in 2020. A lot of people were losing jobs. She was promoted. Everybody say amen to that. And then the COVID-19 hit. We've never really feared this virus, but we knew it was going to alter our lives in one way or another. We've been both blessed and able to keep our jobs and continue to live our lives as normal as possible. We even got a visit. We, We even were able to visit my wife's family in Poland this past summer, despite all the travel bans. Supernatural stuff. Amen? For the last seven years, we've had this dream of owning a little piece of hill country heaven, but we knew that it wasn't going to happen till later in our lives and careers. Oh, how wrong we were. God had blessed us with a beautiful big house on almost 10 acres of land this past year. Shout amen to that. We moved in a few weeks ago and still feel like we are just visitors. My wife has also become a U.S. citizen, God bless America, and passed her final exam for a very prestigious, globally recognized credential, and she is now a CMA, a certified management accountant. Awesome. How great is that? See, it's good to know these things so we can be rejoicing. You know, the Bible says... Rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Amen, the good thing. But when when things are not good and people are weeping, weep with those people that weep. You you understand? Let's know what people are doing. That's why we're doing these. Keep sending them in. I'll read them all year long. I'll read them all year long about what happened in 2020. Amen? If you'll send them. Um, But he said, the best news we received in September when we found out we were pregnant with our third precious baby. What a blessing. Despite all the craziness, we felt really blessed and happy with everything that God had been providing for us this past year. I remember one day thinking that 2020 is not as bad as people say it is, at least not for us. And then we lived through one of the worst days of our lives when my wife, 12 weeks pregnant at a a time, started bleeding. After so many years of hearing the word, we knew exactly what to do. We immediately started praying over our baby and our family with tears coming down like rain. We pleaded the blood of Jesus over our baby and started shouting, No, Satan, not today. You're not stealing this blessing from us. This baby was given to us, and it's ours, not yours. This house serves the Lord, and there's no place for thieves here. We went to bed that night full of hope with a conviction in our hearts that Jesus was going to protect our baby. When my wife woke up the next morning, the bleeding stopped, and we were able to confirm the baby's heartbeat later that day. 
Oh, how thankful we were to our Father in heaven for saving our precious baby. My wife told me later that she had a vision that, that night of Jesus holding our baby in the palm of his hand and protecting it from the evil of this world. Glory to God. God saved our baby. We've been coming to this church and tithing for the last seven years, and we can say that each year has been a blessing, but this year, 2020, was one of the best years we've ever had, and we know that, it, we know that it's because we never quit. 2020 was a year of countless blessing, but the best is yet to come. God is good, isn't he? Amen? Charlie and Olivia, great word, great, great, great word. Isn't God good? Isn't God faithful to his word? That's what we're hearing in the testimonies from 2020, is that when 2020 hit and the, and the, and the issues that, he, that were you know, surrounding 2020, when they came, we were prepared for it. See, because we've prepared in our hearts, we were prepared for what came. See, when you have it in your heart, it doesn't say trouble doesn't come, but when it comes, you know how to overcome. Can you say amen to that? Great testimony. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And, and continue to thank God for their new baby and for, uh, uh, for Olivia's health, the baby's health, strong and healthy, good delivery, everything healthy and whole in the name of Jesus. Shout amen, somebody. Amen. Amen. Well, today... I'm on my third message. I don't know if it's going to be my final message or not. Got my mask ready. <clears throat> I don't know if, it, if this will be my last one. I, it may be, but it might not be. So, but I want to I talk today um, more in-depth the title is The Depth of Prayer, and I want to go even a little deeper in how to pray effectively today, how to pray effectively today. Um, you know, in life, when, when you get born again, you are supplied with many substitutes. I'm going to say it again. When you get born again, your soul has many, many substitutes that want to replace and keep you from experiencing and receiving the promises of God. Everybody say substitutes. I've been saved for a lot of years, 44 plus. I've been saved. I've been born again. And when I first got born again, you know, just, just because that's what everybody did, you know, from the time I can remember, you know, as, as, a, as a second, third grader, you know, I started smoking cigarettes when I was in the third grade. And... From there, about the time I was in the sixth grade, I started smoking marijuana about that time. And along with that went alcohol and things. I mean, that's just what we did. I mean, so what everybody, I didn't know anybody that didn't smoke, do drugs, and drink. I, I didn't know anybody. And, and that's just what everybody did. I didn't necessarily like it, but I just did it because that's what everybody else did. 
And all of, all of those things, when I got born again, were substitutes for the presence and the power of God. And so as my life went on, um, you know, over time, you know, I, I, I found what drugs did for me or what alcohol or other things did for me in life. I'm just using those as examples because it's any, anything in life, but that's what it was with me. But over time, as I began to believe in the presence of God and what the presence of God would do in my life, it was like... I just, I, I didn't need that because it was a substitute. It, it, was something, it was something convenient to turn to that would give me relief in life. And I call those things substitutes for what we were really created to receive in life. And what I've noticed through the years is that as I've come to understand what real prayer is, we talked about it the last couple of weeks, I define prayer as just connection with God. The more I connect with God, then I'm, I, it's like I don't want anything in life to be what I turn to in the natural. I don't want anything in the natural to be what I have as a substitute for the presence of God, for the power of God, for the strength of God. Not anything in the natural. I don't care what it, things I just mentioned. I, I'll tell you what happened with me over time because you have to replace the things that you had before that were, that were the, 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 the comfort things that, that comforted your soul. They were the go-to. You have to replace those with the things of God. And, and so... What I did along the way is there were certain things that I really didn't like. I really didn't like drugs or alcohol. I really didn't like them. And so over time, I, I, because I was on those things just from habit, and so when I learned how to get rid of certain habits like that, I got rid of those things. But then I turned my dependency to food. Now my focus was on food. I wasn't doing drugs or this or whatever, but I, I was, I mean, I had all these comfort foods. There used to be a place here in town called the Donut King. Man, the Donut King was my safe haven. Whoo! They had an apple fritter there that would knock you out. I mean, literally, they were this big. Saturday mornings, I'd go down there when, when our children were little, and I'd buy, you know, I'd buy a donut for everybody. And while I sat in there and had a cup of coffee, I'd eat an apple fritter. And then I'd take one home, and uh, I'd eat that one there. But nobody knew about my other apple fritter that I ate at the donut house. Because, hey, I deserve it. I need that. I need that comfort food, that peace of mind, that, you know. And it showed, you know, with me. It showed. But the problem is it's a deceptive thing. In all those areas that are the comfort things that we think we need, they're deceptive. 
And over time, I begin to realize that I was putting my faith and trust and my comfort. People will, people like, will put their comfort in like movies. Have to watch a movie every day. Have to watch something like that every single day because there's, it's, it, it feeds that thing inside of them. It, it brings that comfort to their soul. I didn't say movies were no good. I just said, whatever it is that you put your faith in, that's, where, that's your go-to. And what I've learned, in, especially in my own personal life, over the last probably seven or eight years, that God really got a hold of me about some things. He said, you've got to replace your dependency on other things with your connection with me. When you connect with me, then you'll do eat, drink, smoke, connect. You'll do whatever I want you to do when you connect with me because then you'll live your life to please him and not living your life to please yourself or anybody else. And and I'm just telling you today, true prayer, true connection with God creates that because, watch this, the, the, the verse of Scripture that, foundational scripture that we read um, the last two weeks was found in Luke 18.1, and I'm just reading the Amplified translation. It says, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not turn coward, faint, lose heart, or give up. And I, and I, made, this, I made this statement that if you're giving up, just this is this kind of sounds funny, but it's the truth. If your faith is in apple fritters, you will give up. Why? Number one, they're no good for your body. Number two, you're putting your faith in something, and I'm just using that as an example. I don't care what you put your faith in. You will give up. And if you're giving up, it's because you're not praying. You're not connecting with God. Other verse we read last week, and, and I just want to throw this in there as I, as I tie a couple things together. Found in Philippians 4 and 6 and 7. Be anxious. One translation says, be worried or fretful about nothing. Be anxious, worried, fretful about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. You see, you see the exchange that's involved. The substitute for worry and anxiety that is the biggest killer in our country, the substitute is prayer. The substitute is connecting with God. The biggest killer in our country is anxiety and stress to the body that take people out before their time. No question. It creates, I mean, there's things that it affects, heart attacks or whatever. It creates all kinds of things, but it is the greatest killer. That takes people's bodies, physical bodies, removes them from the earth before their time. And this was not an option 
You know, if you wake up and you feel like it, try not to worry. He said, you worry about nothing, but you can't not just worry. Listen to me, worry is time-consuming. It will wear you out and accomplish absolutely nothing except worse health, worse everything. And he said, substitute your worry and anxiety. Listen, listen, worry and anxiety, worry and anxiety is a substitute that your soul can be very comfortable with because people think, well, you know, everybody worries. We have to worry like you're being responsible. That's a lie. It's true in people's thinking, but I'm telling you it's a lie. It's a substitute for what God really wants, and He wants you connecting with Him, and He wants you confident that you can overcome and accomplish anything in life. He said, in the, he said be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. How? With thanksgiving. Father, I know this situation has come against me, but I know what your word says. And today I begin to thank you and I praise you and give you glory and honor. I choose not to worry about this. I choose not to take a care. I cast every care on you because you know how to care about the situation. And I will not give in to this. I'll stand firm in faith. And I thank you that you're producing in my life. In the name of Jesus. We have to be those kind of people in situations like I'm talking about. Or the natural circumstances will take you out. You're not strong enough. You're not strong enough to overcome if you're not connected with God. Can you say amen? amen. Remember, worrying is time consuming. It will wear you out and it will consume all of your time. So I want to read this passage in light of what we talked about. I want to read this today out of Isaiah 55. Starting with verse 8. God says this. Through Isaiah, God is saying this. Isaiah is prophesying this, but this is God saying this. Isaiah keeps saying, thus saith the Lord this. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as the, says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and they do not return there, but they water the earth, they make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that is on the pages." So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. This is Isaiah prophesying this. And this is what God says, that the word that goes forth out of his mouth shall not return void, but it shall accomplish what I please, he says, and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Are you and I his representatives in the earth? Is my mouth supposed to be the result of his mouth, right? My mouth should be speaking what he says. If 
I'm connected with him. In the Philippians passage, he said, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. We talked about what supplication was last week. And the word supplication is simply defined as asking. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. Why? Because you don't know what the will of God is. The praying that I've seen in my own personal life, especially over the last eight years, the praying that I've done more of than anything else is the prayers of consecration. As I have a daily routine of the declarations of the Word of God every day. As I'm hearing the Word come in my ears and be a part of my life, as I'm praying in the Spirit and asking God, coming before Him, Father, I thank You for understanding. I thank You for wisdom. I want to know what Your will is so that what I ask for, I receive Because I'm not asking amiss, I'm asking according to the will of God. He said, your thoughts and my thoughts are not the same. You need to spend your time to understand my thoughts so that my thoughts become your thoughts. And then what you say, because you've been thinking like me, it's going to come to pass. That's how it works. He said, neither are your ways my ways. Many, 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 many things that you would do from an unrenewed mind that are not the ways of God, and yet we don't allow our minds to be renewed. People don't. They don't allow their minds to be renewed, so they say they stay in life with these substitutes thinking, well, you know, I'm just going to keep doing this. It's not worked before, but I'm going to keep doing it, and just believing that God's going to bless what I'm doing. Not based on what he said right here. We have to change the way we think. Change our connection day to day. We have to spend time praying so that our asking is in line with his will so that we're on the receiving end of everything that we're asking for. To me, that's the key to successful prayer. It's the key to being able to tell other people how to pray. Because I believe it. Now, just listen to this whole passage right here, uh, Isaiah 55, 8 through 11. Just listen to it in the message translation and just kind of download this. I'm going to read it slowly. Just download it into your spirit. I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. God's decree, for as the sky soars above the heaven, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. Just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words that come out of your mouth, out of my mouth and our mouth, not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them 
to do, they'll complete the assignment I gave them. I, I, I tell you, you need to meditate on that right there. And you need to apply that to the areas of your life that it needs to be applied. Because, listen, what's so good about hearing verses of Scripture like this is that you can admit, I'm not thinking like God in a certain situation because it's not working. I'm not operating like God would operate. I'm not working this thing like He would, but I can go to Him and do exactly what He says. Now watch this next verse. James 1 and verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him what? Ask. Ask. Be worried, fretful about nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, I promise you, in situations where it looks like it's not working and it's not going to work, and and your head is screaming and telling you, oh my God, we've got to worry, we've got to fret, we've got to be upset, we've got to turn inward, we've got to, you know, run and find help. What you're lacking is the wisdom of God. What you're lacking is the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is extracted from the knowledge of God, and it's what you need to accomplish the task or whatever it is that you have before you. That's what you're lacking. What did he say? If you lack wisdom, fret. No. If you lack wisdom, go outside and yell and scream and holler. No. If you lack wisdom, do what? Ask. Father, I'm, I'm supposed to travel to this place, and I'm not sure if I should go there or not. I'm lacking wisdom for this. I'm asking you to reveal to me what I'm to do about this trip. I'm just saying, this is if I'm, if I'm going anywhere, anywhere on the planet, I don't care if it's like next door, I pray. I want to hear from God. I just, I mean, I, I've trained myself to hear God. You say, well, you know, common sense says, do it. no, common sense will send you over a cliff. Common sense will send you over a cliff. Did you hear what I said? I'm saying today, you lack wisdom. You're not sure about a specific thing. You ask God. Father, I thank you for showing and revealing this to me. Lord, you said if I asked you, you would give it to me. So today, I just begin to thank you. How does it come? I don't know. It just comes. Peace, number one, comes to the inside of you about going or not going. You know, the understanding comes to you. Something is said. You know, sometimes he'll confirm things through two or three different people about something you're supposed to do. It always works differently, but you have to be led by him telling you what is so. It works every single time. Every single time. You have not the wisdom of God because you ask not for the wisdom of God. You try to ask for the wisdom of God and you're begging God to give you wisdom It doesn't work that way. How did it say you're supposed to ask? In faith. Father, I'm doubting this situation. I'm not sure what to do, but I'm expecting faith to arise, and I thank you for revealing and showing yourself to me. I didn't say you don't have doubt and unbelief that comes against you. Absolutely. 
But we can override doubt and unbelief by trusting God and saying, you know what? I'm not worrying about this situation. I'm going to do the opposite of what worry would do. You realize worry has action, right? Worry about a certain situation always has different forms of action. I choose to do the opposite of what worry would do. And when I do that and I put my action out there and I continue to thank God and and worship Him, remember He said, come before God with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to Him. With thanksgiving. Father, I thank You for this. I don't feel it. I kind of feel overwhelmed. I feel anxious. I feel things coming against me. But I'm trusting Your Word. You said this is what would happen. Man, we have to be violent with it. We have to be willing to choose to do what he's told us to do in these situations. The other thing about praying, I feel like is found in Matthew 6. I'm not going to read the whole Lord's Prayer, but I want to read what's before the Lord's Prayer. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. He said in verse 6 of Matthew 6, "But but you, when you pray... Go into your room, and when you shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Watch what he says here. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your heavenly Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. But he said this, In this manner therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. On this side of the cross, on that side of the cross, the name of Jesus didn't have the power that it did. On this side of the cross, that is the name. So we come to the Father In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you today in the name of Jesus that your word says this and so. Thank you, Father, today in the name of Jesus that the word is telling me I can have this and this. Listen to me. When you connect with God and he already knows what you have need of before before you ask, a lot of people think, "Well, well, then why would I even ask? He already knows what I need. Why didn't he just give it to me? Because he set it up this way so that we would trust him. That we would come to him for our needs, not sit back and wait for a handout. We would come and learn how to receive from him all that he has done for us. So many times... What happens with people is that they know God's real, they know God's a big God, they know God is the God of miracles, they know God will do miracles, but they don't believe that God will do for them. Because if God already knows what you have need of, what's stopping that from getting to you? The way I read all these scriptures right here, I'm what's stopping it. Not God. He already knows what I have need of. You know how bad of a father he would be 
knowing I have need of things and not making sure that I'm provided for? He's got, he's got the resources. He's got everything that I need. He knows what I need. What keeps things from happening and coming to us? Us not doing our part. As a, as a parent, as a parent, when I was raising my children when they were young, there were things that I could have done for them, but I didn't do for them until they stepped up and did some things that I asked them to do. Any parents in here today? You realize you just... You just spoon feed and hand everything to your children. They're not going to grow up and learn responsibility. That's all God's looking for is for us to be responsible. He wants us to grow up so that we believe that everything that he's done for us is ours now. Not when we get to heaven. It's ours when we get to heaven. Everything, is, everything and beyond is ours when we get to heaven. We're face to face with God. But in the midst of the resistance... In the midst of the lives of all these substitutes that we have, he wants those substitutes replaced with the real thing. And that comes from our connection with him. He told us how to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that I'm prosperous. I thank you I'm delivered. I thank you for peace. I thank you for joy. I thank you, Father, I have favor. I thank you today. That's why you have a daily routine, not trying to change the circumstances, but change the way you think. Get rid of the substitutes. Quit running to fear and anxiety and worry every time something happens that you don't know how to handle. Run to Him. The only way that I know of to run to Him is with my mouth. The only way I know how to run to God is with my mouth. That's where it starts. Because if I don't run to Him acknowledging His greatness, then worry, fear, fretfulness, the cares of the world will overtake my soul and control me and keep me in bondage, keep me in a place where I cannot get to God. And He will not rescue you, a lot of people this makes them mad, but he will not rescue you from something that you won't do. I know. That's why anything, anything on a daily basis, anything that stands before and and disrupts my connection with him, I want it out. I don't know any other way to say it. I want it out. That just keeps coming to me over and over and over again in my relationship and my connection with Him. Anything that would disrupt my flow and my connection with Him, I want it removed because I I want to be in place to receive all God has for me. All the time. And this last passage of Scripture I have I believe says it all. And it's 1 John 5. 
and verse 14. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask What's the next word? What? Okay, so this is kind of just silly, all right? But uh, if, uh, do you have a new truck? You do? Okay, he has a new truck. I, I, just, I was going to use him as an example, and then I thought, wait a minute, I think I saw you getting out of a new truck. Yeah. So if he has a new truck, he has a new truck. So I start praying, Father, I thank you for that truck. I want that truck. I want that truck. I'm praying that that truck come to me. What's wrong with that prayer? It's not according to the will of God. You don't covet someone else's wife or their truck. Hmm? Wrong prayer. So the anything isn't anything. Did you hear what I said? The anything is anything. Watch, it says it. And this is the confidence we have in him if we ask anything according to his will that he hears us. That he hears me. Anything. When, when, when I called on the name of the Lord during the, the storms that we had, the ice and the snow and no power, no water, and everything. When I called on the name of the Lord about several different things, you know how I called on the name of the Lord? It wasn't like, I wasn't calling on the name of the Lord out of fear. I wasn't even calling on the name of the Lord out of selfishness, just thinking about myself and not other people. I called on the name of the Lord through my tithe. And when, I, when God reminded me in the moment, because there were some anxious times, anxious situations, some things where I could, be, I could have been, you know, uh, worried and fretful about, I called on the name of the Lord through my tithe. I've brought all the tithe into the storehouse my wife and I have for 42 years. We have great precious seed in the ground and it's working for us. He said, you bring that and you prove me that I will not open up the windows of heaven, pour out blessing, listen to me, blessing and ability and opportunity and the ways that you need. I will pour out blessing. There's not room enough to receive and, and I, he, will rebuke the devourer my, on my behalf, then my responsibility is to enforce that rebuke. And during those times, I heard several things, 
and then I rested. It's cold, but I rested. Amen? I rested. Rested. No fret, no fear, no nothing. Everything worked its way out. There were some some hiccups or little this or whatever. We just took care of it. We just did it, but we were at peace. You see, when you're not at peace and you're not connected to God and you're not, you're not focused on the promises of God to empower you to operate in the wisdom of God so that what you ask for you receive, when you're not in that place, man, you'll do all kinds of stupid things. I know because I've done it. I'm done with stupid. I don't know about you, but I'm done with stupid. But it's because, I can say that because anything that is standing in the way of my connection with God is being removed every single day, every hour of every day, being removed, being removed. I can't tolerate anything that's going to disrupt that, and I will not tolerate it. The rest of that verse says, and we know that he hears us, if, and if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of Him when? Now, before we see Him. They're already ours because we know we've asked according to His will. And you know that you've asked according to His will because you've spent time praying and connecting with Him. There's no end to what you can have. I said there are no limitations. How many in here today, I want your hand raised high, you stood here or you were prayed for over phone during our um, Vision Sunday? Lift your hand up high, okay? How many of you, lift your hand, what you were doing is you were asking for things? Yes? Okay? You were asking. And, and did you write down things that you believed were the will of God? You don't, have to, you don't have to answer that. I'm just saying. I'm asking you to think about it. Did you write down what you believed was the will of God? I said, did you? Then why this year? I mean, we read this testimony. Was this a good testimony today? This, should, this and more should be everybody in 2021. Everything you put on those lists that you asked him for, they will come to you. Done. I said, done. If you know that he heard what we prayed, what we agreed for, not just that night. I'm just using that as an example. Yes, that night because of what you brought. But anything you say and you ask for on a day-to-day basis and that daily you thank him for those things coming to pass. I'm telling you, 2021 is your best year. It is if you believe that. It's your best year. Everything's coming to pass. I'm telling you, we should be reading testimonies for the rest of this year and then in 2022... It'll it'll take us Wednesdays and Sundays to get them all in in 2022 for 2021. Because we believe that what's being said and declared is His will 
And what we say will not return void, but it will accomplish what it was set out to accomplish, just like when the snow came and the rains came. And how many know we're going to have a beautiful spring? Because it doesn't go back to heaven, it produces. And what we're putting out there is like the snow, and it's producing the results that we believe belongs to us. Come on, shout amen, somebody. Glory to God. Now, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you you can't be passive in this kind of stuff. Well, okay. I mean, you don't have to yell and scream like I am today. But some of you wouldn't hurt. Hmm? Get the neighbors riled up. Get them asking, what's what's happening? Y'all fighting over there? No, 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 no. No, let me tell you what's happening. Glory to God, I'm on the receiving end of everything God has for me. Woo! Glory to God in the name of Jesus. Come on, just lay your hand on yourself right now. Everybody just close your eyes. Just begin to thank God now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you.